0: A positional statement contrary to one already made is a contradiction. We'll talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? We have some questions. Why is polygamy touted as God's way to eternal life? Why is the Mormon polygamy so uh, variable and contradictory? Polygamy itself contradicts God's statement of his love for us. What kind of love would ever command polygamy in this life or the next? Mm. I mean, you've talked, and so have other couples talked, from the LDS Church, of how polygamy in eternity was an ongoing well,
1: that was our expectation, heavy yeah.
0: thought. Yeah. Yep. What kind of love would ever command polygamy in this life or the next? <laughs> Book of Mormon, 2 Nephi chapter 31, says that feasting on the word of Christ and enduring to the end will result in eternal life. Read it. It says that. If that is correct, why are there other conditions for eternal life, like polygamy, celestial marriage, tithing, (laughs) temple work, and dozens of other requirements? And why, if that's true, why is Joseph Smith's consent necessary for you to enter into heaven?
1: Yeah, a pretty bold statement here out of the Journal of Discourses by Orson Hyde, an apostle. I tell you, Joseph holds the keys and none of us can get into the celestial kingdom without passing by him. He stands there as the sentinel holding the keys of the kingdom of God.
0: That is so blasphemous. That's bold. Yes. Now, if this is true, of course, Jesus is completely shut out, right? Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. The polygamous Mormon presidents and apostles hold the power to judge you for eternal salvation. But God's word... Says this about who will be judging us?
1: From Acts 17:31, <clears throat> for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. And Romans 2:16, this will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares.
0: So there's no no judge except God alone, through Jesus Christ alone. Hello. And personally, I would much rather have Jesus Christ as my judge. Uh, at least he's full of mercy and grace, and he never changes. <laughs> the claim that Joseph Smith is our judge is just another huge power grab and con- uh, contradiction assumed by Mormon authority, and their power grabs just does never seem to stop. No, <laughs> A huge one by Joseph Smith is discovered in Doctrine and Covenants 135.
1: Verse 3, Joseph Smith, the prophet and seer of the Lord, has done more, save Jesus only, for the salvation of men in this world than any other man that ever lived in it.
0: Why is he credited with so much saving power? He's not well, the Savior. The
1: prophet he, of the restoration, a uh, priesthood, I guess, but it's so blasphemous. It is. He didn't die
0: on the cross for our sins. No, he didn't. He hasn't risen out of the grave. No. Joseph Smith hasn't. It's true. He was just another sinner who needed Jesus. Brigham Young said this.
1: <laughs> I know that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God, that this is the gospel of salvation, and if you do not believe it, you will be damned, every one of you.
0: Wow. That's hard to take. Jesus said in John 6:29 that all that is required is for us to believe in him. Yet the Mormon church has changed it to say that we must believe in Joseph Smith or be damned. <laughs> Brigham Young was a Mormon prophet. He claimed his sermons were to be considered a scripture. What does the Book of Mormon say on that topic?
1: From Mosiah 3:17, And moreover I say unto you, that there shall be no other name given nor any other way nor means whereby salvation can come unto the children of men only in and through the name of Christ, the Lord Omnipotent.
0: Brigham Young read the Book of Mormon. Why was he preaching in contradiction to it, that Joseph Smith is the one who holds the place that Jesus holds? The Book of Mormon says Jesus holds. Yeah, that's true. And why did other Mormon leaders also teach in contradiction to their own Book of Mormon? Joseph Fielding Smith taught the same thing. He said that there is no salvation without accepting Joseph Smith.
1: Mm. Also from the doctrines of salvation. If Joseph Smith was verily a prophet, and if he told the truth when he said that he stood in the presence of angels sent from the Lord and obtained keys of authority and the commandment to organize the church of Jesus Christ once again on the earth, then this knowledge is of the most vital importance to the entire world. No man can reject that testimony without incurring the most dreadful consequences, for he cannot enter the kingdom of God.
0: So, is it Jesus for salvation or Joseph? Joseph. (laughs) Or both? Ah. The Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants and Mormon teachers disagree. Those who are leading the Mormon people and the polygamist people contradict each other. Millions are led astray. They say they'll never lead us astray. That's but true. they are. Through through these kinds of contradictions yeah, that lead people astray. True. Those who hang on to every word that the polygamist or the LDS leaders say will never check out what they say to see if it's valid. They just... No, we don't. <laughs> believe it because they said it. But to place the truth where it needs to be, Joseph Smith has absolutely nothing to do with your or my judgment or salvation, and he never did, and he never will.
1: Acts four ten through 12 says... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved.
0: Verse 12. No other name. No other And name. yet they have used the name Joseph Smith. We just read it over and over again
1: <laughs> as having
0: to believe in him.
1: Have to pass by Joseph Smith. Yeah, yeah. Get his consent.
0: <laughs> his consent. They talk about dire consequences for rejecting Mormon testimony, but it's rejecting Jesus Christ and God's testimony about him that brings dire consequences. God's testimony is true and the only one that matters when it involves our eternity.
1: Yeah, this from First John chapter 5 verses 9 through 12. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his Son. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life.
0: And that's the answer to people who say, why don't you be a Mormon or why don't you be a polygamist?
1: Yeah, why exactly. do we, we don't need
0: that because he who has the Son has life, not he who has a Mormon yeah. doctrine has life at all. Joseph Smith is not Jesus of Nazareth, and he has not left behind an empty tomb, <laughs> and his job wasn't and isn't the Savior. We don't need Joseph Smith, or we don't want him. Jesus is enough, and he has everything anyone will ever need for entrance into eternal glory. First Corinthians.
1: Yeah, chapter 1, verse 30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption.
0: Notice that Jesus here... Is our wisdom. He is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness and redemption. Joseph Smith's totally irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) We have more contradictions um, that we're going to continue on now, as we have been doing in these two parts. Uh, The next one is the Doctrine and Covenants teaches for paid ministry. Yes. But the Book of Mormon is against it. (laughs) So in the confusion, which should it be?
1: Yeah, from Doctrine and Covenants 42, verses 71-72. And the elders or high priests who are appointed to assist the bishops as counselors in all things are to have their families supported out of the property which is consecrated to the bishop for the good of the poor and for other purposes as before mentioned or they are to receive a just remuneration for all their services.
0: Did you receive any of that when you was a bishop? No.
1: no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the Doctrine of covenant says you should, no, no, and no. your family.
1: I skipped over that part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, those who work for the church should receive proper pay for their services. But what does the Book of Mormon say?
1: Yeah, Second Nephi 26 and 31 says, But the laborer in Zion... Shall labor for Zion, for if they labor for money, they shall perish. <laughs> and Messiah 27, 5 says, Yea, and all their priests and teachers should labor with their own hands for their support in all cases, save it were in sickness or in much want.
0: So we have contradiction. Yeah, we do. Contradiction. The Mormon temple endowment ceremony up until about 1990, complained that Christian ministers are paid by Lucifer who hired them, <laughs> concluding that Mormon clergy are not paid. Dr. Ed Lauritsen answers the question, How much does the Mormon Church pay its bishops? Going beyond just the question of bishops, Dr. Lawrenceson said this,
1: In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, neither bishops nor any other ecclesiastical leaders nor missionaries are paid for their services. Paid ministry is merely one of many unauthorized changes that took place in Jesus' ancient church as a result of the falling away.
0: He didn't know his Doctrine and Covenants, did he? No. I <laughs> said not they very should well. be paid. And he certainly doesn't know his Bible. It clearly calls for paid ministry. So, should Mormon or polygamous ministers get paid for their religious work or not? Doctrine and Covenants says it should, the Bible says they should. Book of Mormon Doctrine says they shouldn't. (laughs) Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, they certainly got well paid for their work. All the leaders of both the LDS Church and the polygamy groups are very, very, very well paid for their work. In fact, the leaders of polygamy groups live off the money that the members are required to turn over to the group's United Order Bank account. Basically, they live off the slave labor of their members Mm -hmm. and give no accounting for their expenditures. Really? Yeah. They expect members not to do as they do, but to do as they say. (laughs) The Book of Mormon says false teachers or false churches will demand money in exchange for the promise of salvation.
1: Yeah, this is Mormon 832. Yea, it shall come in a day when there shall be churches built up that shall say, Come unto me, and for your money you shall be forgiven of your sins.
0: Now that's something that needs to be remembered as we go through this particular topic. Ironically, it is the LDS church who has put tithing requirements on their members, fulfilling their own warnings against false false churches. churches. This is just another example of their double standard. Does this warning apply to all the other churches and not them? They require the member to do temple work, which requires being worthy to enter the temple, which requires tithing. in the polygamy group assets must be turned into the group's ownership or they cannot be a member and so will be refused salvation but the New Testament says your contribution is between you and God alone and your entrance into heaven is not purchased by money but by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross but Mormonism considers tithing fire insurance
1: (laughs) Doctrine and Covenants 64:23 says, "Behold, now it is called today until the coming of the Son of Man, and verily it is a day of sacrifice and a day for the tithing of my people. For he that is tithed shall not be burned at his coming." Hence, that's our fire insurance. Fire insurance. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> tithing is in exchange for salvation. Exactly what the Book of Mormon warns against. It's even worse for the polygamists because they're required to divvy over a whole lot more than 10% tithe wow. and dire threats of God's judgment to spew out against those who dare take or keep money away from their little kingdoms. Mm. If you don't have money in their account, you're damned. Wow. Yeah. Doctrine and Covenants 85, verse 3 says that God tithes his people to prepare them against the day of vengeance and burning. Their scripture teaches that for your money, you can be forgiven. Book of Mormon teacher, uh, The Book of Mormon teaches against it. Doctrine and Covenants teaches for it. So which is it? Right. And what do the leaders teach? Tithe up. Yeah, oh, Tithe for sure. Up. Tithe up.
1: In fact, they just sent out a little <laughs> thing recently that's talked to those that are over 70 and a half. And encourage them to think about donating their assets and estates to the church upon their death.
0: Oh my word!
1: Instead, instead of or in addition to their children.
0: Boy, their greed just never ends, does it?
1: <laughs> well, I think the COVID's hit them too a oh, little bit. Oh my
0: word! Well, you know, in the Kingston group, they can't have a will because if you you cannot will. Oh, you
1: can't will it. No,
0: they have you sign a last will and testament, and then they fill it out. I thought a copy of one. Somebody all, sent me, and it's
1: all into the group. It's
0: all into the group. So buy for your money, you'll be forgiven. Yep. Oh wow! Another contradiction of Mormonism is that because of Christ's atonement, there is a universal salvation. All humans will be saved into one of three degrees of glory the Book of Mormon however claims that it is the devil who deceives people to believe there's no hell the Book of Mormon teaches there is a hell and that it is eternal torment so which <laughs> is it
1: yeah I'm not sure how many uh, Mormons or polygamists would would read this this way I don't <laughs> know. second Nephi 28 uh, 19 through 24. <clears throat> For the kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must needs be stirred up unto repentance. Or the devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains, and they be stirred up to anger and perish. And others he will, pa- will he pacify, and lull them away into carnal security, that they will say, All is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth, all is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls, and leadeth them away carefully down to hell." And behold, others he flattereth away and telleth them there is no hell. And he saith unto them, I am no devil, for there is none. And thus he whispereth in their ears until he grasps them with his awful chains from whence there is no deliverance. Yea, they are grasped with death and hell and death and hell. And the devil and all that have been seized therewith must stand before the throne of God and be judged according to their works from whence they must go into the place prepared for them, even a lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. Therefore, woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. <laughs> Keep working. So
0: so you said you're not sure that the LDS would, would interpret it. Well, According I'm just. to this, how, would, how do they do Well, look at they, it?
1: like you said at the, uh, a little bit ago, they, they just believe that uh, you'll be in one of the three degrees of glory. And J- Joseph Smith said they, that they would kill themselves to get into the to, lowest. It's the lowest because it's yeah, so much better than so here. Because it's so much better than here. So, what do so, they do
0: with this passage?
1: We just read it and forget it. <laughs> just read through it. and
0: The Book of Mormon is a keystone <laughs> of Mormonism, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. What was I thinking when oh, I read that? Oh, my word. Yeah.
0: Contradictions, and that's what we're talking about. That's right. what these two are. this just totally contradictory. Of course, the Bible reveals there are only two eternal destinations, heaven or hell, and that there is conscious existence after death in either of those two places. But James Talmage wrote this in Articles of Faith.
1: Yeah, this is from page 85. The extent of the atonement is universal, applying alike to all descendants of Adam. Even the unbeliever, the heathen, and the child who dies before reaching the years of discretion, all are redeemed by the Savior's self sacrifice from the individual consequences of the fall.
0: And that is a lie. Yeah. That is not true. And it contradicts both the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Most polygamy group members do believe in hell. Probably more so than the LDS Church does. Yeah. And didn't. especially for those who deny that the polygamy group's the real deal. <laughs> that they go to hell.
1: Yeah, we actually don't didn't use ever use the word well we, of course we used it, but hell was not part of it. You were celestial, terrestrial yeah. or telestial and then outer darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. that was kind of the hell mm-hmm. I suppose.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we really didn't have a heaven or a hell.
0: Yeah. And the Bible has only only a heaven Heaven or or a hell.
1: hell. Yeah. Right? Yep.
0: So, um, and of course with them, what gets you in one of those places is different according to what the LDS Church teaches and what the polygamy groups teach. And even according to the different polygamy groups might teach different ways of how to get where you're going. At any rate, they're all contradictory (laughs) to what the Bible teaches. The next contradiction is extremely important, of course they all are, but this one is about the cleansing of our sin. If it isn't cleansed, if our sin isn't cleansed before we die, it's too late. Mormon doctrine says some sin cannot be cleansed by Christ's blood. Mormon scriptures say that Jesus' blood alone is sufficient. The Bible says that Jesus' blood will cleanse the repentant sinner from all sin. So first, Mormon doctrine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Joseph Smith taught that there were certain sins so grievous that man may commit that they, will pl- that they will place the transgressors beyond the power of the atonement of Christ. If these offenses are committed, then the blood of Christ will not cleanse them from their sins, even though they repent. Therefore, their only hope is to have their own blood shed to atone as far as possible in their behalf. Old blood atonement.
0: Old oh, blood atonement, I'm yeah. telling you, that's not good. <laughs> okay, so that was that's Mormon doctrine, what the the teachers teach or preach. Yeah. And Mormon plot. scripture. What does it say?
1: Yeah, second Nephi nine, seven says, wherefore it must needs be an infinite atonement, save it should be an infinite atonement. This corruption could not put on incorruption.
0: Okay, infinite. Yeah, now we just read where like it you, you know, we just read where where there were some sins that could not be covered. Here mm-hmm. he says this is infinite. Well, infinite means endless, impossible to measure, greater than any countable number. So if his atonement is infinite, hmm. what sins <laughs> isn't covered? Now, the Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us from all sin. Now, the word all is important here. So we have to ask again the question, which is it, all sin or some sin? Mormons cannot even agree with themselves on the most central doctrine of their redemption. Which makes me wonder how they could, we won't go there. The next one is, can man see God? Did Joseph Smith see God? yeah most polygamy groups believe the joseph smith story about his vision seeing god and jesus christ at the same time and their own polygamous leaders also claim they themselves have had a joseph smith experience seeing and conversing with god and or jesus christ can this be true now there is a measure to determine truth so you can know for a certainty if it's true or not first mormon teaching says this
1: yeah this is from the history of joseph smith I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. It no sooner appeared than I found myself delivered from the enemy, which held me bound. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages, whose brightness and glory defy all description, standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and saying, pointing, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved Son, hear him.
0: So now he's seeing God, the Father,
1: and, and
0: Jesus Christ, the Son, yep, at the same time. Two personages. God introducing Jesus to Joseph. Right, right. Okay. Now, in the book, Doctrines of Salvation, the claim is made that Joseph Smith saw the Father and the Son at the same time, but what does the Doctrine and Covenants <laughs> in section 84 say?
1: Yes, verses 21 and 22. And without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. For without this, no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. Whoa. And this, of course, was well after 1820, so.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Doctrine and Covenants 13, Joseph Smith wrote that he received the Mormon priesthood in 1829, yet the vision that he saw God the Father and the Son was when he was 14 years old in 1820. Joseph himself said that wasn't possible. More pretty serious contradictions here. To place more nails in this coffin, we read from the Joseph Smith translation of the King James Bible.
1: Yeah, from Exodus 33:20, And he said unto Moses, Thou canst not see my face, and no sinful man hath at any time, neither shall there be any sinful man at any time that shall see my face and live.
0: Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> so according to this...
1: Well, he apparently was not <laughs> sinful. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Joseph Smith didn't and couldn't have seen the face of God according to this. And according to the New Testament... He did not see God.
1: Yeah, John 1.18, No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only who is at the Father's side has made Him known. In 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16, God the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see. And 1 John 4.12 says no one has seen ever seen God.
0: I mean, what's to mistranslate here? What's to misunderstand or misinterpret here? According to Joseph Smith, he saw God in the grove at 14 years old. Yet he wrote that no sinner can see God and live. According to the Bible, no one has ever or can ever see God. Now there are dozens of other contradictions in the Mormon and polygamous religious system. We want to ask those who have placed their faith in their Mormonism to just step back. Just take a close look at it. Investigate it. Dare to test it. The truth can survive any test that it is ever subjected to. So don't be afraid to test your faith. Be afraid not to (laughs) test it. And that is what I would really wish I could communicate to our viewers.
1: And you were asking kind of, well, what did you think about that or how did you read that? And I I really, honestly, I don't know what it is. I think there's a blindness that goes along with this Mormonism. I think there's a very, as I've said before, there's kind of a shallow knowledge that we have as Mormons. And we don't really go deeper than that. We just kind of stay in this comfortable zone. It's what's talked about. And any time that anything kind of sounds, I mean, no one has ever seen God, What well, it just it's a little too deep. I'll no. just pull myself back up to shallow and I'll
0: put it on the shelf and God will uh, explain well it and, to and me. Well, and when then we it's the there. Bible
1: so it yeah. can't be trusted anyway, you know, it's probably Right. But Joseph Smith's translation
0: correctly. of the Bible in Exodus oh, said he couldn't
1: That's it. right. So we yeah. just, I don't know, it's just an ignoring blindness. You
0: know, it, it's absolutely true. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that the devil has blinded the minds and the eyes of the unbelievers so they can't see the truth. But, it says, and that, that's a good but. But, when someone turns to Christ, that veil of blindness is removed. Oh,
1: I totally agree with so that. It's so true.
0: It and so true.
1: And it happened, both Carl and myself, as we started reading the the New Testament. I was reading things that I know I'd read before, it, yeah. but it, they just meant so much differently. Yeah. Your yeah. Your eyes, your are, eyes open, are opened. And it was, <laughs> it's it was pretty amazing. It is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it and,
0: is. and it's an experience that we want all of our viewers, Mormon and polygamist viewers, to... To have for themselves. Well, this is the end of our contradictions. We may come up with more later and do other shows on them. Who knows? But but thanks, Earl. Thank you so much for for doing this and participating with this. You know, the Mormon scriptures include their Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants of the Pearl of Great Price, and they place very little value on the witness of the Bible. The Book of Mormon has no evidence at all anywhere to validate that it's a valid translation and much evidence that it isn't. The Bible, however, has massive amounts of hard evidence witnessing to its accuracy in every way. Yet they dismiss the Bible and embrace the Book of Mormon. We urge all of our viewers in Mormonism that it's really dangerous to assume that you have the truth if you have not personally investigated it thoroughly using non-Mormon material. The truth is in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. He is revealed from Genesis to Revelation, which was written millennia before the Book of Mormon. And our judgment will be based not on polygamy, but on the truth and only the truth. Test it. Check it out. Investigate it. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by a Shield and Refuge ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at
1: shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.